You are Locked On Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdat Nation and Houdat family? Welcome in to this Top 3 Thursday here at Locked On Saints, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day here every single Monday through Friday, five days a week, covering your New Orleans Saints. Today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them that Locked On sent you. On today's episode, the same time veteran tight end Nick Vanette to a three-year deal. What does the signing mean for Adam Troutman? What the contract might look like and the additional impact for Alvin Kamara in this as well. Then the Saints lost a free agent as well as Alex Anzalone signs with the Detroit Lions. Who is going to line up next to Demario Davis in 2021? We'll look at the market and draft for some possible options. And then finally, our top three Thursday this week, we take a look at the Saints' best late day three selections, round six and seven of the Sean Payton era course. Got to shout out the quiet storm here. As always, I'm your host, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson Nola on Twitter, editor over at CanalStreetChronicles.com, your Tuesday co-host over at the Locked On NFL podcast. We got all that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked On Saints, your team every day. y'all so the saints finally making another signing in free agency early on in the first week they signed alex arma the fullback now they turn around and sign veteran tight end nick vanette now nick vanette is somebody who has been in the nfl since 2016 six total years has played with seattle has also played with pittsburgh and denver as well he was traded to pittsburgh hit the open market signed with denver last year And it was actually just cut on the 23rd, signed with the Saints one day later on Wednesday, the 24th. And he gets a three-year deal here. We'll talk more about the contract here in a little bit. But one of the biggest things that I've seen from a couple of folks is wondering exactly what it is that Nick Vanette brings and how he affects second-year tight end Adam Troutman. So let's go ahead and start with that because that's sort of the hot-button issue at the moment. So when it comes to Nick Vanette, are you getting a pass-catching tight end? No. Are you getting a tight end that can catch passes? Yes, he's got 75 catches over the course of his career so far, 686 yards, just five touchdowns, all five of those touchdowns very spread out. He got four of them essentially over the 2017-2018 season and then got his next and final one last year with Denver in the 2020 season. Now, he's somebody that can run a couple of seam routes that can you know run some split zone, cross behind the line of scrimmage and find himself open close to the line. He can run over the line of scrimmage, beyond the line of scrimmage, make some plays there run a couple of schemed up routes that get him outside toward the side that the quarterback is scrambling. He did that a lot with uh, Russell Wilson. He's a good hands catcher. He's secure with the ball in his hands from, you know, the few times that he essentially was targeted, only 105 times targeted so far over the course of his career. So he can do all of those things, but is he a pass catcher? No, he's not going to move the needle for you that way. But what he does do very well in the 34% of snaps that he played for Denver is that he blocks extremely well. And that's essentially what his role was, right? Denver had Noah Fant playing the role of their primary pass-catching tight end. Meanwhile, Nick Vanette was the run blocker. He was the blocking guy that came out and helped to set the edge and open lanes and do all of that. So that's really what you're going to see from him. So don't think of him as a Jared Cook replacement. Remember, the Saints have lost four tight ends this offseason and Cole Wick and Jason Vanderlaan, who essentially, those were foregone conclusions before the offseason even began. But then they lost two key pieces in the tight end room with Jared Cook 
and Josh Hill. And I wouldn't look at Nick Vanette as a Jared Cook replacement, but I would look at him as a potential Josh Hill replacement, maybe somebody who can come in and compete with Garrett Griffin for that role. And I think what that means for Adam Troutman is that it sort of solidifies what we've all expected Adam Troutman's role to be, which is more of the pass-catching tight end. It seems that the Saints bringing in Nick Vanette signals a little bit that they want to get that blocking compliment and then allow Adam Troutman to step into the Jerry Cook role and be the next pass-catching tight end for the New Orleans Saints, which should be very exciting for a Saints fan. So Nick Vanette's signing does have a little bit of an effect on Adam Troutman's stock, but not in a negative manner. Instead, maybe it solidifies a bit what his usage is going to be as more of the pass catcher for the Saints offense in 2021. Now, I mentioned him potentially competing with a guy like Garrett Griffin for the Josh Hill role. I mentioned that because Garrett Griffin plays in the backfield as well as plays in line and can do a couple of different things there. That was always sort of his calling card, especially when he was playing college at Air Force. But Nick Vanette gets a three-year deal, so it doesn't necessarily make sense to say, oh, he's going to be competing. But we don't yet know the terms of what that three-year deal is. So that's why I mentioned it could be that he's set up to compete here. Because first of all, he's not going to command top dollar, right? He's not going to be one of those guys. The last contract that he signed was a two-year, just over $5 million deal. If the Saints put him down for a three-year, $8 million deal or something like that, that essentially puts him right around where he was before. The other option for New Orleans here is that it's a one-year deal, but they went ahead and added two voidable years to help spread out some of the cap hit, which is totally something that the Saints would do, especially looking at where the salary cap is going to be by the time that that contract would terminate, which would be at the end of the 2023 season. So with that being the case, I don't know yet that Nick Vanette's contract is really indicative of the fact that he's a sure thing. I still think that until we see the terms of the deal, it's instead pretty safe to say that he's going to be in the midst of that competition instead. Now, him being a good run blocker is good news for Alvin Kamara. Alvin Kamara is someone that benefits from having good run blocking tight ends. We've seen that time and time again in the New Orleans Saints offense. And it was one of the things that we mentioned when Josh Hill ended up being cut. And one of the reasons why I thought that they would keep Josh Hill around is because of the fact that you're transitioning to a different quarterback. And oftentimes with that comes a lean in on the run game. So Alvin Kamara might have suffered a little bit without those blocking tight ends. Now you get Nick Vanette in who can compete to have that role. And that works out really well for Alvin Kamara, who again, may be leaned on a bit here with the transition at Signal Caller. So Nick Vanette, three-year deal. We'll find out what the terms of the deal are uh, over the next couple of days. Of course, I'll update you once we have those. Next, we're going to take a look at somebody that the Saints lost today, an outgoing free agent, Alex Anzalone, signing with the Detroit Lions. We'll talk about what that signing means for the Saints, because we need to figure out who's going to be lining up next to Demario Davis next season. So we'll look at some options here in just a moment on today's episode of Locked on Saints, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And of course, I want to let you know today's episode is brought to you by our good friends over at rockauto.com. Fantastic, fantastic website that has always been so incredibly helpful to me. You need new windshield wiper blades. You need a new engine control module. You need a new gas cap. You need whatever, floor mats, mud flaps, whatever it is that you're looking for, you can grab them over at rockauto.com. And best of all, you can do it from home. Don't have to go to any of those stores where they're going to upsell you on everything based upon the number of steps you take in the store and all the crazy things that can happen when you go to spots like that. Instead, you just hop onto the website, rockauto.com, put in your make, model, year, let them know what part or accessory you're looking for, and they'll give you tons of options that come in at just a fraction of the price of what you're going to pay 
at the chain store. So check them out, rockauto.com. They're a family business. You know we like to support family businesses over here, and they've been helping auto parts customers online for over 20 years. So go and show them some love, rockauto.com. Don't forget to let them know that we sent you for writing Locked On in the How'd You Hear About Us box. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. And now it's time to remind everybody about the best tasting protein bar on the market, Built Bars. You know we love them over here at the Locked On Podcast Network, and I know you love them as well. So go and check them out, BuiltBar.com. And also, don't forget to stop by to vote on Bracket Madness as it continues to go down. We've got Built Bar Madness underway. Today's matchup, Mint Brownie coconut puff mint brownies moving on for me but if you want to go and cast your vote and have your voice heard and help to establish the best tasting flavor out of the best tasting protein bars head over to builtbar.com or follow along on twitter at bar underscore built go ahead and check them out and don't forget to grab a box of your own as well at builtbar.com and use the promo code locked one five to get 15 percent off your next order that's locked 15 to get 15 percent off your next order at builtbar.com All right, family, don't forget to check out the Locked On Today podcast, all the sports that you need in less than 20 minutes. Go ahead and follow the Locked On Today podcast, the radio.com app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so we're rolling right along with today's episode of Locked On Saints. And of course, real quick, don't forget tomorrow is our Facebook Friday. So make sure you join the Locked On Saints Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups slash Locked On Saints. That way you can get your questions in and I'll answer them on tomorrow's show as well as any other news and notes of the day that you need to know. All right, so we talked a bit about a free agent that the Saints signed. Now let's talk a little bit about a free agent that the Saints lost and how it affects one of the key players on the Saints roster. Alex Anzalone, former 2017 draft pick for the New Orleans Saints, former linebacker, signing with the Detroit Lions, reuniting with Dan Campbell and Aaron Glenn, both former Saints coaches. He takes a one-year, $1.75 million deal. So didn't get a ton of pay, but gets a prove-it deal here, gets some money. Pretty clear that there was an accepted break here between the Saints and Alex Anzalone, they could have easily retained him for, I would even dare say, more than that. But he ends up signing with the Detroit Lions. And now the Saints have a big question mark that continues to fold, to unfold uh, next to Demario Davis. Who's going to be the guy next to the guy, right? Uh, Quan Alexander right now, not on the roster. Maybe he can come back after he heals up from the Achilles injury. If he shows that he rehabbed well and that he can get back into playing form. Maybe the Saints could end up bringing him back and giving him an opportunity to prove himself coming off of injury. Never want to close the door on that. But now without him, without Alex Anzalone, the Saints may need to look at other options in the market as well. A little bit sooner, perhaps, than maybe they expected at this point. Although it did feel like Quan Alexander was going to be, uh, you know, a half year sort of, uh, you know, trade piece. And then they were going to end up moving on from him because of his swollen salary cap for next year, all being non-guaranteed. But now... Sure thing, the Saints need to figure out what they're going to do next to Demario Davis, and maybe that just intensifies in terms of its importance. So I looked for any types of coverage linebackers that I could find still left on the market, and the three best linebackers left on Mike Clay's uh, best linebackers or best players available board are 
three of those linebackers, right, that actually have that coverage ability. So that would be KJ Wright, former Seattle Seahawk, Neville Hewitt, former New York Jet, which the Saints have had some good luck with Jet linebackers before, and then BJ Goodson out of Cleveland. Now, are any of these perfect options? No, right? Everybody is sort of going to have the thing that they're good at and the things that they can improve upon. KJ Wright, He's probably going to give you the most all-around ability. We've talked about him before. He also has the veteran option, right? He's the veteran player. He's got the vet experience. He's got that leadership. The only deal is going to be money and age. Those are going to be the biggest things. But if you're just looking for somebody to come in on a one-year deal, as these you know markets start to resolve a little bit for these veterans that are still on the market, maybe that's a perfect opportunity for him. Obviously, he's familiar with Chris Richard as well, playing in his defense when he was defensive coordinator in Seattle, of course, played with his secondary as well when he was working with just the secondary. So there's at least some type of a tie there, just as much as the one that exists between Chris Richard and Richard Sherman, let's say. So KJ Wright could be a possible option, but if you can't go there, the other player that I talked about a little bit was Neville Hewitt. And he's somebody that I think is really interesting. Six foot two, 234, a little bit undersized, but again, the prototype may be shifting based upon what you saw Quan Alexander able to do with the New Orleans Saints. And, you know, B.J. Goodson's one of the few linebackers out there who, over the course of his career, has allowed an NFL passer rating under 100 when targeted, currently sitting at 97 over the course of his career, allowing only a 68% completion percentage when targeted as well. Now, he gave up a 77.1 completion percentage last year, but he also played in 576 coverage snaps, the most of his career so far. In that, he didn't allow a single touchdown. He didn't have any interceptions, but he did break up two passes. And he's also credited with 48 run stops and over 130 tackles on the season with a 10.3 missed tackle percentage. Yes, but again, when you're in on over 130 tackles and you played 99% of snaps, not too bad at the second level at all. So Neville Hewitt, a name that I'm kind of growing on, definitely somebody to keep an eye out on. A lot of teams have been said to have interest in him so far, San Francisco 49ers, Philadelphia Eagles, Cincinnati Bengals, all teams that also are looking for coverage linebackers as well. So the Saints could very well be in that number at the moment, although they're just not you know, one of the teams that's currently being named. And then the last one that we were going to look at real quick in terms of free agents is BJ Goodson, the former Cleveland Brown, has played with Green Bay and the New York Jets as well. Again, not somebody that really brings you too much in terms of coverage, although not terrible. A 100.6 career NFL passer rating that he's given up when targeted, had given up a 77.8% completion percentage, but last season gave up two touchdowns, also had two interceptions and four pass breakups while totaling over 100 tackles and uh, total tackles, right, combined solo and assisted but then also had 27 run stops and graded with a nearly elite 89.3 tackling grade per pro football focus, who credited him with only five missed tackles in 2020. He also played 555 coverage snaps, the most in his career as well. So again, another player that's good at some things, not great at everything. He's young, 27 years old. He's going to turn 28 in May, six foot one, so he's a little bit short, but 241 and then ran a four six. He's right around what you expect in terms of weight and speed at the second level in terms of the prototypical type of player. So those are the free agents that I look at. In any case, though, whether you're bringing in a 27 year old BJ Goodson, a 30 year old plus uh, uh, KJ Wright, or a 28 year old Neville Hewitt, 
you're going to need to go to the draft as well. And we know all of the first round draft linebackers out there. There are some good second round guys as well, like a Baron Browning, for instance, you might have to trade up to grab him. But then you also have a potential third round guy like Tony Fields out of West Virginia. There's enough talent to go around in the top 100 of the NFL draft that you can bring in one of these free agents if you can get them on a bargain deal or even a lesser guy that just shows some pretty good even potential in coverage and then add in a rookie to continue to develop around them. And then, of course, you have to see what happens with Chase Daniel, what happens with Caden Ellis, what happens with Zach Bond, who are stepping into potentially more roles and more opportunities here once you get into camp. All of those factors should come together and give the Saints enough of an insight about what they really need to do to get ready at the second level, especially that spot next to Demario Davis before the 2021 season. Let's not also completely rule out the possibility of after the draft making a trade then when some other players, depending upon where some of these other teams are able to land some of their draft picks, could potentially become available and hit the trade market. All right, y'all, coming up next, we're going to get to our top three Thursday, looking at the three best late day three selections in the Sean Payton era. Nobody really recent at all making this list, but we'll talk about that and more here in just a moment on today's episode of Locked on Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. March Madness is right around the corner, getting to the Sweet 16 in both the women's and the men's championships. You can check out and bet on both of those tournaments over at betonline.ag. It's the easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. If you're not into betting on college basketball, don't worry. They've got NBA, NHL, MLBs right around the corner. They've got hockey. They've got golf. They've got reality TV. Whatever it is that you're interested in, you can bet on it probably over at betonline.ag who has just about anything that you can imagine. They've got you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. Best place to place your bets and best of all, free to sign up at betonline.ag. Just head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, all one word, betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Get it, Huda Nation. Are you ready for the NFL Draft? Because Locked On NFL Draft host Trevor Sikama and Benjamin Solak give you everything you need to know about the latest positional rankings and analysis of the 2021 draft. And team-centric mock drafts are right around the corner as well. So follow the Locked On NFL Draft podcast on radio.com app or wherever you get your podcasts. And if this is your first time catching the show here at Locked On Saints, don't forget to follow, rate, and review here as well. I appreciate you. We got Five Star Friday tomorrow along with Facebook Friday. So you get your shout out if you're able to drop that five-star review as well and as long as iTunes updates it in time. So I appreciate all that support. Let's go ahead and wrap up today's episode with a look at our top three Thursday. This is becoming one of my favorite segments that we get to do every single Thursday here on Locked on Saints along with some of our other recurring segments. We have a special segment every single Monday through Friday for each episode, but I'm really liking this one. So this week's rotating topic is top three, day three draft picks where the Saints have hit on some pretty nice players, but haven't really done it in a while. I I think that the Saints carry a nice reputation of being able to flip good draft picks late in the draft. But if you look at the last few, the last group of round six and seven players, Tommy Stevens, Saquon Hampton, Elise Mack, 
Boston Scott, Will Clapp, Cameron Moore. Some of these guys are, most of these guys, all these guys actually are still in the NFL. They're just not with the Saints any longer, right? Al Quadim Muhammad, Daniel Lasco, he's no longer in the NFL. He was dealing with a lot of injuries and things. Damian Swan, same thing. Marcus Murphy, right? So they haven't really hit on a sixth or a seventh round draft pick. I would say that the, the jury's still out on Caden Ellis for right now. I mean, he's mostly been a special teamer at this time, but played a really nice season last year in the opportunities that he was given. Now they're waiting to see sort of who's going to be that next round four, round five, six, or seven type player to really kind of go off. So let's go with the round five guy to get us started. We're going to go tackle Carl Nix, who was drafted in the 2008 draft class. Really the last time that a late draft pick really ended up popping off for the Saints at the exact same position the next season pick 164 overall in the fifth round in 2009 they drafted Thomas Morstead so I think maybe we can call this one a tie between these two guys I'm already kind of cheating a little bit but there's just not really that many good sixth or seventh round draft picks Rufus Johnson Andrew Tiller Marcel Jones like Tavon Rooks they're just not really out there so I'll go with these two guys here in a tie at the fifth round pick 164 overall both the exact same position two years in a row 2009 Thomas Morstead 2008 Carl Nix Carl Nix of course two-time pro bowler one-time all pro that uh, those all came over the last two seasons with New Orleans 2010 and 2011 he played every single game that he had available to him with New Orleans, or at least appeared in every single game, started all but the first three of his career. And then we know how fantastic Thomas Morstead has been. He's only a one-time Pro Bowler, but came in his 2009 rookie season and won a Super Bowl with the Saints and then was a part of a historic punt return or punt defense rather unit last year that allowed only 46 punt return yards. Now we're going to go back just a couple of seasons before that and go to Sean Payton's first year. Remember, we're looking at this really in the Sean Payton era anyway, only from 2006 on to 2020. And I'm going to go with Zach Streif up next. I mean, he was drafted in the seventh round. Uh, he was picked number 210 overall in that season. Uh, coming out of Northwestern Cincinnati, Ohio, place of birth, played his entire career with the New Orleans Saints. Uh, one-time Super Bowl champion, no Pro Bowls, no All-Pros, but man, was he just a model of consistency for the New Orleans Saints. One of the few players to end up being hired back or former players to end up being hired back as a position coach. He's now with the Saints as the assistant offensive line coach going into the 2021 season. That's a big, big win for New Orleans to have him there. Uh, played all the way up to the 2017 season, got two games in, and unfortunately, had a season-ending injury, which opened the door for Ryan Ramchick to come in. Then he ends up retiring. Then he becomes the voice of the New Orleans Saints for a couple of years with WWL Radio, calling the games as the play-by-play analyst. And then now, as I mentioned, back with the Saints as their assistant offensive line coach. And again, just a model of consistency when he played with the New Orleans Saints. And again, no Pro Bowls, but that's not going to stop our number one guy here, the quiet storm, Marcus Colson. If you didn't know, you should have known. Coming straight out of Hofstra, they ain't even got a football team anymore, y'all. Hofstra didn't even have a football team anymore. One-time Super Bowl champion, 2009, no Pro Bowls. Best wide receiver in the NFL, did not be named a Pro Bowler. I will die on that hill. Uh, played uh, from 2006 to 2015 with the New Orleans Saints, so basically 10 seasons. Uh, is their all-time franchise leader in a lot of things. Receiving yards, receptions, uh, probably 100-yard games, I don't know, touchdowns, everything, right? He's their leader 
uh, amongst all those things. Now, some of these things are being challenged pretty soon. Uh, Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara, you know, both of these guys coming for any of these, uh, any of these different records that he holds. But I mean, he's your franchise leader in a ton of these different metrics and uh, is one of the best wide receivers to ever play and not get recognition. I mean, he never had a 100 catch season, but remember the Saints didn't have a 100 catch receiver up until uh, Michael Thomas did it for the first time. Now, Colson came very close in his second season, just a sophomore year with 98 catches in that year. He also had 1,202 yards and 11 touchdowns. That's probably his best season of his NFL career, but he also had over a thousand receiving yards in both of his two first years. And then four years after that as well. So six total seasons out of his first seven missed the mark in 2008, coming just 240 yards shy of that mark, dealing with some injuries in that 2008 season as well. But yeah, I mean, Marcus Colson is easily your best late day three selection in the Sean Payton uh, era, right? Again, leading in a bunch of different metrics for the team, selected seventh round, 252nd overall, very, very near the end of the draft there. Shout out to the Quiet Storm here on another episode, Locked on Saints. Remember everybody, tomorrow, Facebook Friday, get your questions in, facebook.com slash group slash Locked on Saints. Appreciate y'all as always for listening, rating, reviewing. Remember, you can always catch me over at Saints Twitter at Ross Jackson, NOLA, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how your mom and them. Trust you, that nation. I'll holla at you.